Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On The Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Tim here with you, and I hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am having an awesome day today because I had the chance to speak with Mike Carroll from Nutshell. And I have to tell you, I've been trying to get the folks from Nutshell on this podcast for a really long time, and I'm super grateful to Mike for coming on and having a discussion with me. And I tell you what, we could have gone on for hours. I mean, you're going to see in the in the podcast, it just we just talk about a ton of different things. We went off on a hundred different tangents, but it's all good information. I'm sure you've heard me talk about Nutshell before. I've I'm sure you've heard it on the podcast. It is the only CRM software that I use for keeping track of all my clients' retailers. So whenever I start with a client, the first thing I do after we decide what retailers we're going after is I set up a Nutshell account, and that's where we drop all our leads in. It is so customizable. It is so easy to use. It is so inexpensive for what you get. There's just no other choice out there that I have found. And I've tried a lot of different things, but I love Nutshell. It's the only thing I use. And uh, for me, uh, with all that I have going on, it helps make sure that no retailer, no buyer gets forgotten. Nobody slips through the cracks. Everybody gets talked to, touched on, and uh, it makes it easy for my clients to see what's going on uh, and what we're doing, who we're following up with, what the notes are. Oh my gosh, there's so many cool things to Nutshell, and we're going to talk all about it with Mike Carroll. And you don't want to leave uh, uh, before the end because I have, uh, and the folks at Nutshell have have offered this to me for our listeners, for you big boxers, an awesome offer to to try out Nutshell. So you're not going to want to miss that. So I hope to see you at the end. And uh, uh, until then, let's uh, jump right into it with Mike. Mike from Nutshell, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Tim. I'm so glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, I I can't tell you <laughs> I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to you. I've been such a nutshell fan for such a long time and uh you know as part of the now defunct customer advisory council or, or whatever. It's been a big part of of my business after a certain part, you know. Once I discovered nutshell, it's been a big part of mine and then my clients business. And so uh just to have you on the phone here, well we're not really on the phone, we're on Zoom, but is awesome. How's it going? It's good, man. It's good. I'm working from home today. Uh, love hanging out on my farm. So I always feel relaxed when I get to kind of be here. I've got very small hobby horse farm here in Michigan. So it's always a little relaxing when I can look out and see the horses and hang out with my dogs and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good, it's a good day to be at home. Not to mention coronavirus and all that nonsense, but I think it's a bunch of nonsense, but that's not what we're here to talk about. So. That's right. We're not going to get into coronavirus <laughs> politics today, but, but you know, interestingly enough, whether it's a hoax or not, it's affecting things. And it is. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've been to the, the uh, well, now to this year, it was called the Inspire Home Show. But before that, it was always the International Housework Show. I've been to that show every year for 13 years in a row. And this year, just canceled, bam, you know, for, for the first time. I was on my way, literally, uh, the night before, I was getting ready to go to Expo West. And I got the notice that that was canceled. And I was like, man, oh, wow. dropping like flies. They are. I mean, Sales Hacker canceled their conference, Saster canceled. I mean, all, all the big sales and marketing conferences, some of which I planned to go to, others which I, you know, I did not, but like they all canceled in succession this past week. Um, and all of a sudden, Nutshell started to look uh, really forward thinking because we had Boundless last Friday, uh, you know, which is our virtual conference and right. you know, some 
3,500 people attend throughout the day and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we look like uh, Sears. Uh, <laughs> really, we have a virtual conference because uh, a physical conference is just a little much for our, our mighty but, but small team to kind of take on at the moment. People will figure it out, though. You know, that's the, the beauty of the 21st century and what we're doing right now. There's actually, in my opinion, like no reason to really have to go to the office. So if we got to stay at home, I think uh, with a little bit of adjustment, things can go on. I've worked from home for the last 11 years. So I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has this plus and it's my, you know, I'm a social person. So I like yeah. to, um, in some cases, I'm kind of like, you know, Jack and a dull boy, you know, no, <laughs> all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Uh, you know, I can get up in my own head if I'm by myself too much. So, you know, which is why I work with ECRM and I, I get to go to their conferences. And so it gets me out of the office. But yeah, I mean, I've been lucky enough to uh, wake up every day and just take a couple steps to the office for 11 years. And I'm with you. I don't think there's a tremendous amount of reason why people need to be in the same place, especially with how good video conferencing is today. Now sales, I did a podcast not too long ago about whether it's better to be in person or can you get the same thing done virtually in, in a sales meeting. I still personally believe that person to person is still the best medium. I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah, I think, um, well, I think it depends what you're selling, right? So, I mean, I sell software um, and it's really rare for us to be you know, in front of our customers face to face, it's just not a, a scalable thing for us to do, right? And we've got customers all over the world. And and given the, you know, the fact that you'll probably spend more on coffee this month than you will on your nutshell account, um, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily merit, you know, flying to Amsterdam to, you know, to even meet a 20 or 30 person team. Although we do take advantage of that when we do. I love meeting with, I will say this though, I do love going into when I get the opportunity, some of our Michigan customers, you know, local customers, when I get the chance just to see how they're, one of the most fascinating things about working for Nutshell, previous to this, I was a consultant at a digital agency. And so I missed that, this element of working in an agency is just meeting people and like learning about the very different businesses that, that folks operate, right? There's so many ways to make money in the United States, in the world. And like, I'm never, I'm, I'm, there's never a lack of surprise when I come across a business, I'm like, you do what exactly? And I don't know, they sell, you know, the plastic tips on the top of shoelaces or, you know, Something, you know, something that I'd never thought of or thought there was a marketplace for and they're killing it. So I love being able to meet our customers, whether it's virtually or in person. But I, to answer your question, I think it depends on what you sell. When it comes to software, I think the expectation is that like you're not going to be sitting in my office. Yeah. Um, if I'm selling you a quarter of a million dollar contract, you know, for digital marketing services, for example, well, then you better get off your butt and like show up in my office and have a face to face <laughs> conversation, no matter where I am in the world, by the way. So, yeah, I think it really depends on what you sell. There's, there will never, ever be a replacement, to your point, by the way, for that like human-to-human -human connection, right? It's, to be able to look somebody in the eye, shake their hands, have them get a sense of you. And from a sales perspective, I've always been a, a believer in the fact that they're, they're not buying, you know, Simon Sinek says it best, right? They're not buying what you do, they're buying why you do it. And more importantly, they're buying you, the salesperson. The first thing that you need to do is create an environment in which they feel comfortable buying, and that's everything about the relationship you create between you and your your prospect or potential customer. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, I think that you nailed it. And, and uh, I think the aspect of, you know, so I sell product, you know, so I work a lot with retailers and buyers and, uh, and there's certain things that you can't get done, you know, virtually, you can't fix things. It, like if a uh -huh. meeting starts going wrong and you're virtual, people are easier able to give up on it when you're not right there. And uh, I'll give you, I was selling a, an electric tea maker 
that made like chai tea was it was a it's a great unit and i was selling it to the buyer at costco canada and because making chai has these stages to it like when you add the milk and when you do this it, it beeped every time you were supposed to do something and in oh. this quiet room where, where we're just silent there's no ambient noise the beeping was just like burrowing into your head i mean it was and the buyer was like man i can't get past this this beeping is like killing me and i think virtually I would have lost that because she would start losing interest. We're virtual. She can just hit the button and we can be gone. But there I started talking to her about ambient noise. And, and, I, and I started talking to her about, hey, you know what? When you're at home, you're not going to be just sitting here waiting in front of the kettle. You That's have exactly other good. things to do. So you're going to be out of the room and then you hear the beep and it's going to draw you back to add the milk. You know, but without the beep, you could be folding laundry and you, you missed your whole opportunity to add the stages. And so she was starting to get, you know, that thing was like going down fast. And then all sure. of a sudden we were able to, to salvage it. And I don't know whether you could do the same thing virtually. So yeah. there's no mute button in real life, right? Like That's the, true. One thing I never like about the virtual conference and particularly on the consulting side, when I was doing more of that type of work is that you can, you can tell when it's happening, but there's nothing you can do about it is when you're talking to a room full of people, maybe they're all sitting in a conference room around, you know, like a communal phone or something. And then you're talking or pitching something or whatever the case might be. And all of a sudden you say, you know, and how does that feel? Or, you know, whatever the, <laughs> whatever the pause in the conversation is, and it's dead silent. And you know exactly what's happening, good or bad, by the way, that the room has muted the microphone and like they're having a separate conversation without you. And hopefully right. that's a good conversation, but like you have no idea. In a room, at least you can kind of like, you know, you can gauge the mood. You can, you can switch your pitch. You can get off of bad ideas faster and onto, onto good ideas. So I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there unless you're having a conversation like you and I are virtually where I can see all the expressions you, yeah. in your face and hear the intonation in your voice. I mean, human behavior is if anybody that wants to be a better salesperson, go read books about psychology and human behavior. Like don't read yeah. about sales, read about how people behave, how they respond to things and situations, and you will automatically be a better seller. It's interesting because people's, and I know we're completely tangenting here, but that's just how it's going. But people have a tendency. So if you walk into a buyer room where you're going to pitch a buyer, normally it's a small room and there's a conference table and they have way too many chairs around it. And if you get lucky enough to get in there early, you can pick where you're going to sit. And interestingly enough, mm. most people will sit where they can face the door. They can see the door. For some reason, they want to see the buyer coming in. I never do that. I always put myself with my back to the door. So the buyer has to sit across from me. Therefore, I'm between the buyer and the door. And psychology wise, it's harder for them to like cut the meeting short because they have to pass by me to get to the door. But if the door is just out of my seat and I can step out the door, they can end the meeting so much faster. And I used to do that also when I would sell in a store. I would always keep myself between the customer and the door. And it just is this weird there's no real reason for it, but uh, I've seen it both ways. And when they're be when I'm between them and the door, they stay longer, and we get to have a better conversation. and And I think it's um I think it's just a weird uh, thing about about selling. I could be totally wrong. Maybe it's just me, but I'm always between the customer and the door. Well, I think it makes sense actually. I mean, the thing, the number one thing you have to. I don't know if this is always true, and I'm not. I'm a, I guess a younger guy. I'm really not younger anymore. I'm only 39 in like a month, but so I guess that's, yeah, younger. that would categorize you as younger. As friend. younger. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. But I'm, but I'm not, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a part of the youth crowd anymore. I, I had to throw off that moniker, but so I don't know how it was previous to the world in which we live now, but every sale that you make these days to me, 
you have to overcome like the legacy ghosts, you know, sort of the, the phantom of all the sales and marketing BS that people deal with on a regular basis. And yep. it's a different assumption from a buyer to a salesperson is that everyone thinks they're being sold to. And so you have to like overcome that weird hurdle, you know, all the assumptions that they're making about every single insurance person that called them, the weirdo cold calls they get from, you know, your extended warranty on your vehicle is ended, like all the crap that annoys us every day. Then once you, they finally figure out that like you're not that person or that thing, then you can have a real conversation about what you're selling. But I love your tactic because like, I don't know, that could take 15 minutes. Who knows? It takes a long time and they might want to come in the room and be like, you know what, Tim, I'm not really interested. And the door's right there and they stand up, open the door and be like, I'll, you know, thanks for coming by. Great to have your time. At least this way, they got to cross the room. I love it. I think I like small tactics like that. I used to work in politics. So like there's all sorts of little, <laughs> but the one I would oh, really, that's a conversation for a whole different day. It is a whole different thing I'll share one thing with you and then we'll, we'll jump into CRM and sales, but this is, you'll find, I think you'll find this fun. This is my first political job ever out of college was working for us public interest research group. And essentially what the job is, by the way, it's a sales job. Uh, and you go around, you know, you knock on doors, and you get people to give you their credit card information to donate money to, I don't know, clean water, clean air, usually an environmental or some type of maybe labor laws or something like that. But that's a hard sell, man, to like show up as a stranger on someone's door, pitch them not even a tangible product, right? Like not even selling you a vacuum cleaner, like a promise of an idea, maybe. And right. what I need right now is your credit card. And like, so the number one tactic I used to do, and they taught us this, by the way, is you carry around a clipboard. So the second they open the door and you start into your pitch and you get them listening to you, you flip the clipboard around and you push it, not hard, by the way, but like into their stomach. And the natural reaction for them is to grab the clipboard because like it's in like invading their personal space. And then you let go. And now they've got the clipboard and like you're off to the races. So I'm all into like that physical tactics like that. I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it's great. I mean, speaking of vacuum, you know, I did uh, uh, for a short stint do door-to-door vacuum sales. And uh, to your point, you know, the, the pinnacle of an in, inside vacuum demo is to make it into the master bedroom, right? Oh, so you can yeah. vacuum the mattress. And because uh, the crazy crap that comes off of a mattress will make anybody buy anything. And but... <laughs> You know, you're not going to make it up to the bedroom very often, but man, when, when you do that, you know, it's basically that the sale is, is locked in at that point. That's fascinating. I'm gonna have to go check my mattress immediately. Oh yeah. yeah. Don't. Yeah. Just vacuum it, but don't ever look inside the bag. You know, just, you don't want, yeah, you don't want to go there. Um, it'll scare you and it'll scare the people that live with you. So, so nutshell. Yes. You know, my clients specifically would know Nutshell inside and out. And the reason, interestingly enough, that I found Nutshell uh, and started using it was the number one thing, I don't meet most of my clients face-to-face, maybe only 10%. And only if we happen to be in the same state or I happen to be traveling to a state that they're going to be in. But 90% of the time, we never meet. And uh, so the number one thing they always need from me is, is, what are you doing? What's going on? What's right. happening? And uh, I used to spend a, a, a ton of time writing these status reports about things that we did. And I used to use, and I know this is going to be a bad word, but I used to use Salesforce, but I couldn't get I it. I forgive you, Tim. Yeah, yeah, I'm a convert. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I couldn't get it to the point where my customers could look at what we were doing in Salesforce and really understand and see any type of progression. Sure. Uh, or... Um, it, it never helped us target our talk that our talks that we had. And so once I found Nutshell and could customize it and create my stages and, and you could see people going through and 
And in some cases with the ring feature, you can listen to phone calls, buyer yeah. phone calls. They can see emails that are getting returned. So now I don't write any status reports. I say, if you want to know what's going on with your account, go to Nutshell. I love that. It. That's how you get to know. And, and what it has done for me is when we talk on the phone, so let's say I talk to my client every two weeks, our conversation is targeted because, hey, I noticed that ABC retailer is still in the first stage. What's going on there? That's a targeted question that, you, that I can give a targeted response to. Well, let's go in and look at it. You see, we sent them X amount of emails. They haven't returned. So I'm thinking maybe this is not the right buyer. So this is what we're doing. But it's a targeted question that I can give a targeted response to. Whereas normally what we would have said is, how's it going? What's going on? What's happening? And I would- and the assumption if, for you as a consultant is that your answer is always going to be, it's going great. Right. And, you know, and, and then that's not, what the, that's not what your clients want to hear, right? I imagine they, they want, you know, tangible details and you get to get past that. I love that you do think that like you do it that way because it gets you past that initial fluff part of the conversation where maybe they don't even believe you anyway. And, and like you said, you start having a tangible conversation about real things in the pipeline. And now, but, but we're talking about a pipeline now, right? Like they're sitting in the pipeline. They can see stuff <laughs> moving forward. I love that you, that you do that. I have this conversation, you know, I don't do a lot of direct selling anymore. This is probably a conversation for a different time. But when I joined Nutshell, the first thing I did actually is the head of growth, which is both sales and marketing here, is I jumped on the sales team as a BDR and started making qualifying calls uh, immediately, like any yeah. other BDR would. And I just wanted to talk to customers. I wanted to learn about our sales process and you know, my first priority was, was optimizing the bottom of our funnel. I was like, well, let's start there and make sure that works good before we start banging leads into it, you know, by the 2000 or whatever. But today I don't do a lot of that, but I do jump into calls to like handle some major objections or if our clients want to talk about how sales and marketing can come together in a nutshell. But the one thing I have the conversation about the most, which is kind of crazy, is when we move legacy teams off of spreadsheets or pen and paper for that matter, or whiteboards or, you know, or whatever it might be, like finally into the, into the digital realm, into the world of CRM. The biggest objection I hear all the time is, how am I going to do my sales meeting? How are you going to, you cut out right there. How are you going to do your sales what? Sales meeting. So how, how am I going to conduct my sales meeting? And, and at first the question perplexed me. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, just open nutshell. And that answer was never sufficient. They're like, what do you mean just open nutshell? I was like, well, you can set up your dashboard like this. You can go to reports. You can pull up an individual lead. I said at the beginning of my sales meeting, which lasts all of 15 minutes once a week, by the way, and where you were doing exactly what you're talking about, it's talking about specific leads in the pipeline that I have questions about for my team. You know what's going on 100% of the time, but it's really interesting behavior to change when they just, they don't feel comfortable. They want to send out the spreadsheet that has all the top line numbers and they want to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And so I had to figure out a different way to contest that objection. And I, I, tr- I made a small, a small video that I send out to individual clients of like me conducting a sales meeting with Nutshell. So they can kind of see how it, you know, how it works, how you pull it up on a screen and share it. Because with Nutshell, there's actually no reason to have that meeting. You should be able to log in a Nutshell at any particular time, see the health of the pipeline. And then the only questions you're asking, whether it's the at mention feature or you're sending someone an email or Slack or whatever, is what's up with this deal? You know, like this one deal or this, these two deals. I love that you do that like that. It's, a, it's very refreshing for me to hear. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I mean, it bought me back a tremendous amount of what I consider to be wasted time. You know, it, even though I know that my client with the one thing that they need from me is info, me just having to stop what I'm doing and write about the things that I've done seemed to me to be wasted time. And, uh, and even to your point with sales meetings, if you, if, also if you have to ask what's up with a, a lead, then somebody's not also doing their job, right? Because like my sales guy, 
he's he's super good with notes. And so if he makes a call, nobody answers. He puts a note in. He you know he puts notes in about this lead and how many times he's tried to reach him and and this is what happened. So if I see that they're lagging in the pipeline, I go in, I look at the notes, then I know. And uh, if there's no notes in there, then I can really say, dude, did you forget about this guy? I mean, what's going on with that? So um, it's been uh, it's been tremendous. And I don't give them the option, right? So you do business with me, you're getting a nutshell account. That's how you're going to follow up on what I do. And if that's not good for you, then we're not going to work together because I don't do it any other way. And uh, I think uh, that's true of any system, right? Whether that's nutshell or whatever system you're using. When I was on the agency side, that was the hardest part is people would always want us to work in their project management system. Right. And and I explained to a client one time, I was like, I can't do that. And they said, well, why not? We use Trello. We use Asana. We use Basecamp. And I was like, you guys, I've got 50 clients. If I had to log into every single one of your project management systems and like follow your project management process, that's all I would be doing all day. And I'd have to triple charge you what I charge you now. And no one would be happy and all that kind of stuff. And so I think, I think for those who are working independently, your advice there is like, if you, once you put a system together, whatever that system is working for you and for your clients to demand that people leverage the system is, is critical. And then I think the second thing you say, which I really love, and I tell teams all the time, which is like, if it's not nutshell, it doesn't exist. So, <laughs> you know, and, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, everybody at the agency, I used to, we used Basecamp for project management. I told my team all the so time. So do I, I yeah. Everybody base camps. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, everybody base camps. If it's not in base camp, it doesn't exist. If I can't see it in there, then I don't know what's going on and I can't help you and we're going to lose clients and so on and so forth. And it's the same with any type of software, none more important than your CRM. I hope that we've challenged, we've addressed that challenge is that whether it's Salesforce or Insightly or some of the other larger, like your Bitrixes or your Sugars or God forbid Zoho. If you can't get people to use the system, the platform, then like, then it's totally useless. I don't care how many features it has or whatever else. And that's my favorite thing when I came to Nutshell is that when I, they went to hire me, the first thing I did, I started a free trial. I was like, well, let's check out the software. see if I actually want to, you know, sell this stuff. And I set up my Nutshell account. Now I'm a savvy, like SaaS user, right? Like I use marketing tools and all that kind of stuff all the time. But I had my MailChimp account, my Gmail, everything hooked up in 15 minutes. Right. And I was like, wow, I was like, that's, I mean, even for me, that's fast, you know, and for someone who's never touched a piece of software, you know, it might take a day, but, but the, you know, to kind of get all those parts and pieces together. But if you can't, people aren't inspired to use it, then it's, then it's useless. Well, yeah. And it's, it's come a long way. And the last thing I want to say before we kind of go backwards, actually, yeah, you know more about Nutshell than I do, Tim, by the way. Yeah, no, but I, uh, the last <laughs> thing is, is Nutshell's an asset. So my, the whole idea is that my clients aren't going to work with me forever. Eventually they're going to learn enough for me that they're, or they're going to be doing enough business that they can actually hire their own person. And, and then we just, here's Nutshell. So everything that we've ever done, every person we've ever contacted, every retailer that's ever looked at your product, every sample that we've ever sent, is inside Nutshell. Now that becomes an asset that I transfer to them at the end of our engagement. Sure. Uh, and uh, and nowadays I have a new thing that I'm using called a 30 day, it's a 30 day quick start. And that's where we just leverage, hey, you wanna hit these 10 retailers, um, we're gonna get that first contact started and until we figure out whether that's the right person that we're supposed to be contacting and then we're gonna hand it over to you uh, in 30 days. And so in that 30 day quick start, we start them a Nutshell account and it makes it so much easier to just transfer that over to them in 30 days. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to, you don't have to write anything down or look at a spreadsheet. It's all there and you can just pick it up from where, from where we left off. So I love it. Like I said, I'm gushing, but let's go back a little bit and and tell me, um, I know that you weren't with nutshell from, from the beginning, but to your understanding, I mean, first of all, when did nutshell start? Like what year? 
Yeah, so uh, 10 years ago, um, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary. So uh, around 2010, I'm sure the development of the like the first first line of code was probably written sometime in 2009. And what was at the very beginning or what developed as Nutshell's mission statement? Like, what did they want to accomplish? Because they are a pretty, well, I think they're a really good CRM for, for a very minimal amount of money. And I, so what was the, what's the mission and is it still the same mission? Uh, interesting. So yes and, and no, I'm very excited to tell you kind of like what's coming up in the, in the future. But, but so, because the mission is, it's not, it's evolving. Let me put it that way. But the initial, the initial impetus behind Nutshell is that the, the founders of Nutshell, Andy, who's our, our CTO and one of the founders, and then um, a collection of individuals had a, a separate company where they're selling essentially like a piece of backup hardware. So this is 10 years ago, right? So like the cloud wasn't a thing and, you know, not, at least not what it is today. And that part I'll probably screw up a little bit. But the sales process that they had to manage um, for, they had to go to the like site location, they had to install this hardware, they had to follow up later on. And every single CRM they, they tried to work with was not working for that sort of elongated sales cycle. And so each time they tried a new piece of software, they got more and more frustrated. And this is how good software is always created, right? Like it's, it's almost always, I think it's called Conway's Law, uh, which Andy always tells me about. He's like, I don't want to get too academic on people, but I love that kind of stuff. Conway's Law <laughs> essentially says that like, at least as Andy's explained it to me, that every product becomes a reflection of the business itself, like the business that's developing the product. So mm-hmm. that's so true for Nutshell's cases. They just didn't find a piece of software, a CRM software that allowed them to manage this very long-term relationship, which would span, you know, between on-site and off-site and you know, the history of the conversation and, you know, where they were in their process and all those types of things. And so Nutshell was initially built to solve an internal problem as a custom CRM for that company. It was eventually sold off to, to Barracuda and became the number one, like, selling product for Barracuda the world over. And so once that happened, they all came back together and like, well, man, I, you know, it's kind of how Basecamp was created, right? So in, in the same way is that Basecamp, 37 Signals before there was Basecamp was a web design agency. Like, that's what they did. Right. And they needed to manage their product, their projects, and they didn't like any of the tools. And so they built one for themselves. Same thing here. The Nutshell core team built their own CRM. And they're like, wait a minute, we've got something here. And then they flipped it out in 2010 and started taking on customers. Um, and I love when Andy tells me about the early days. He's like, it was me, a bunch of developers and like one support person. And he's like, I talked to every single customer. I said, I bet that felt good. Do you miss that? And he's like, yeah, I, I definitely miss that. Now we've got thousands of customers the world over, obviously. But, but yeah, that's why Nutshell was designed and created to solve a very unique problem in a B2B scenario for managing a longer sales process. And it needed to be easy to use. And so our mission from the beginning was to kill the idea that you know simplicity or ease of use and power are somehow mutually exclusive. That's ridiculous. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, I think that's the genius behind behind Nutshell and the way you put it, uh, articulated it was perfect, which is that, you know, you can have both of those things in the same ease of use and, and power in the same thing, you know. And, you know, for certain things, other CRMs work, but you have to hire, you know, to customize Salesforce, you might have to hire somebody and pay them 10 grand um, to get it, you know, to where you need it to be, to be able to to use it. And then, and then you would have to really train people because it's not intuitive, you know? Um, so yeah. So anyway, go, keep going. No, no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the, the thing, um, about, uh, thing about Salesforce, which is I don't even mean to be disparaging of Salesforce. Like the, the most amazing thing about Salesforce is they built a piece of software that then created 
you know, like a, a secondary marketplace of consultants and developers. And like, they built a true platform that you can build on it, whatever you want. And I think that's what people miss most often when they're shopping for a CRM is they, they see the name Salesforce, like you'd see Kleenex, in, you know, in your CVS or something. And they think it's a household name for CRM. Salesforce is not a CRM. It's a, it's a software development platform with a framework that allows large enterprise teams to build massively complex ERP, CRM, and invoicing systems like for their very particular needs. And they have whole teams of people to, to, to deal with that. Whether or not the sales team actually likes using it is another question. But, right. but it has its purpose in it. And the juggernaut they become is, you know, I'm always impressed with companies that scale to that particular size. But what I don't like about what Salesforce is doing, which I think is the problem that Nutshell solves, is that for a growing team of anywhere from, let's say, I don't know, one to 100, Everybody needs to be able to change everything. Everybody needs to be able to navigate the system. Using it needs to be, the point of a good CRM is that it should almost be invisible, right? It should be just something that happens. You shouldn't have to think about it. And that's what's missing from all the other CRM, not all the other CRMs, but most of the other CRMs is that it becomes something that is disruptive. It should not be disruptive. It should be an extension of your workday. When you log into your CRM, you should be like, ugh. I've got to do this data entry. I've got to do this thing. You should want to log into your CRM because that's where the work happens. That's where you make sales. And like with Nutshell, I work in Nutshell every day. And I've never once have gone in there and be like, oh man, I got to do this data entry or whatever else. I love opening Nutshell because there's nothing but money and opportunity inside of my Nutshell. Well, interesting. When I was on the customer advisory council, you know, my number one thing them, and you guys have solved a lot of these, you know, attachments and certain things. I said, you know, what I don't want to do is get out of Nutshell. And I said, you guys make me do that. So if I can't send an email with an attachment, then I have to go out of nutshell to my, to my regular email and send that email there. Right. And I said, you know, I'd rather stay in nutshell as long as I can while I'm actually working on this particular client, you know, if I can just be in there. And so I was thinking when you were talking about customization, I was thinking, and it's just a weird thing that popped into my head, but you know, every time you lose a client, the reason may be different. You know, um, so it's not just maybe you put in uh, and people that don't know Nutshell, you can actually pick the reasons why you lose a, a particular client. And but if you need to add a new reason, it's like two clicks, you add it and then you refresh and then it's there. It's not like this some big software development thing where you're like, oh, man, I'd really like to add that reason why I lost this client because it may come up again and it's just going to take and now I have to call customer service and I have to find somebody and who's my admin, you know. No, you just go into settings and go to activities and add a, or go to reason, whatever it is and add it. It's that easy. Yeah. My favorite feature, and I love that, like you, the ease of use component of Nutshell. So we have, there's major features in Nutshell, right? There's sales automation, there's personal email sequences. Our reporting is crazy powerful. Like, you know, big, fat, major CRM features that like will definitely help you improve sales process and, and grow your business. But my favorite features to demo is one of the Omni field, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Which is like on any person, company record, if you want to add a phone number, email address, physical address, a URL, whatever, it's one box, you type it in and then Nutshell puts it where it's supposed to go. No, no more of this like filling out a form in your own CRM. If you hover over something, you can change it. You know, like you don't have to double click into a person's name, go to their record page, find the phone number line. Like, nope, you see the phone number. If you see it, you can change it in Nutshell. And like, that is by far my favorite thing. Sales teams all over are like, oh man, this is the, you know, they don't care about sales automation. Eventually they will, but like the first thing that always blows their mind, just how easy it is to touch and change things inside the CRM. Well, I'm constantly looking for the save button. So I hover over the name and the thing comes up and I type in the new phone number and then I'm like, 
looking for the, I, even today, I still look for the save button. There is no save button. Once you type it in, it's just in. That's right. And once you stop hovering over it, I constantly go back and check, is it really in there? And it is. You don't have to hit, hit save. So from where Nutshell started to where it is today, you know, who, do, who is the main, you know, who's your main demographic? Like, you know, not who do you want your main demographic to be, but who is sure. your main demographic? Yeah, I think it's a, so, so Nutshell is used by like all sorts of, of teams, but, but most likely the teams that, that either they get the most value out of Nutshell or that we get signing up are, are twofold. One, they're solopreneurs or entrepreneurs or consultants that are kind of like working by themselves and need to sort of scale themselves, right? Just like you, Tim. And, you know, and they get a lot of value out of the fact that Nutshell, uh, you know, one of the emails in our in-trial trip that I wrote is, is the subject line is clone yourself. Uh, essentially, what that means is like, you know, you can't actually do that, right? So what Nutshell allows that person to do is, is to do many things at once without having to worry about dropping, dropping the ball. Like once you create your sales process in Nutshell, you never have to worry about reminding to follow up or whatever else. You set up your sales process. And then when you come into your dashboard, you know, you've got your your to-do list, your task list, which is always on every day. So, so that's one crowd of people, which is we love serving. The other crowd are like your mid-size sales and marketing teams combined, but more sales teams of maybe three, four, five, up to 10. I mean, we have people on Nutshell who have like 100 seats and, and more, by the way, 1,000 seats even. But our bread and butter is like those small mid-size sales teams that are either coming off spreadsheet or, or migrating from another CRM like Salesforce, by the way, uh, you know, because they need ease of use, they need flexibility, and they want to move faster. And they're across all sorts of industries. I ran the Nutshell database through uh, Clearbit not too long ago, because I, I was curious about the same question you asked me. I was like, man, I was like, who actually uses Nutshell for real? Like, right. and, and oddly, I found out that, you know, as, long, as far as Clearbit was concerned, which is not 100%, right? It's not a one-to-one like data match. Uh, about 27% of them were marketing and, and like sales consultancies and agencies. And it didn't surprise me because the, for the people that know software the best, they want the least hassle from the software they use. Um, it, it seems when people are unfamiliar with software, you're almost more willing to deal with more challenges or problems, maybe because you haven't been exposed to software as much or you don't know any better or it's a recommendation from a friend or whatever else. And so I found it, I was very flattered for the engineering team and for our company in general that the people that use software the most were, were our largest cross-section of, of customers. But manufacturers, I mean... People using Nutshell for project management, people using Nutshell for nonprofit organizations. University of Michigan uses Nutshell to track applicants to the Ross MBA program. Like people use Nutshell for all manner of things that I would never think to use Nutshell for. I think for two reasons. One, it's flexible. Uh, and two, it's easy. It's just easy to use. Uh, and I, you know, I bang on that a lot in your audience. Like, oh, you're selling me so hard on like the easy to use. And I don't mean to do that. Um, it's just, it's just true. I mean, that's what brings people to Nutshell all the time. Teams that don't call things leads use Nutshell because, because it's easy to use. Yeah. Well, you know, to bring it in, so to bring it into perspective for our big boxers, by the way, our listeners are called big boxers, no reference to underwear. But let me give you an example of how I might help one of my clients use, use Nutshell. Let's say, let's say the Inspire Home Show didn't get canceled. And let's say we went there and we had a lead generation machine, which I always recommend in any of my podcasts about trade shows, spend the $500, $400, $300, get the lead, lead uh, retrieval machine. And for those of you who've never been to a big trade show, it's a little, now you can basically just download it onto your phone. You scan people's badges as they come into your booth. And what you're left with at the end is a, is a, C, a, CV, a CSV file on name, all the stats, email, everything, and, and notes. Now, a lot of times you would get back and 
as you're going to start to follow up, you would have to start sending each of these people an email. And, uh, but what I do is, and, and what my clients do is we take that CSV file and we just boom, dump it right into to nutshell. But before we do that, we might write a new email template specifically designed for what we want to say uh, to people that we just met at a trade show. So, and we might name it, you know, home show trade show follow-up. And we write that initial email. And so once we dump these people in, everybody that we met that doesn't require specific follow-up and we can just tick those off on the list, we'll get that email. Boom. It goes out. It's fast. Half of your people have been followed up with. And then the ones that require uh, uh, specific things like maybe you have to send them a pricing sheet or a deck or you might want to put a personal note in there because you spent a little extra time with them. You still can pull up the, the email template and you just tweak it and then you send it up. But, but the most important thing is all those people from the time that you get the C- CSV file to the time you get it into Nutshell, it's just minutes. And, and then you can <laughs> just follow up uh, as, you know, as, as needed. And so it takes a huge I don't know if you know this step, but I mean, the, the amount of people that spend millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars on trade shows, and then that actually follow up the people that they meet there is very low. I mean, follow up at a trade show is just incredibly low. And I think that that's the most interesting thing because people spend so much time and money to go there. And then um, the amount of time that they don't follow up is just staggering. And I think it's because when you get back, your, your job is still there. You know, your, your, yeah. your work is still there. It's been piling up on you. And so, a follow-up can become this daunting task. And that's just one way that I use Nutshell and my clients use, and I encourage my clients to use Nutshell with regard to uh, a trade show follow-up. And and the cool thing is, and probably, uh, I think I wrote this in my landing page, but one of the biggest game changers for my business and my client's business has been the addition, Nutshell recently, it's probably not recent, maybe a year now, added the ability to create as many follow-up emails to your initial email in advance as you want. And so you write your initial email and then you can create a follow-up email that you schedule to go out five days. And it only goes out if the person doesn't respond. Right. So if you get an email response, it will cancel out the follow-up because that looks dumb if you follow up two days later and you just got a response and then they're like, hey man, I just emailed you. So it cancels that out, but you can create your email and then a follow-up email. And for me, the follow-up email is always just a couple of sentences. Hey, just followed up on my email. Um, let me know where you want me to send the samples or whatever. I get more response to the follow-up email uh, by far than I get to my initial email. And it's 100%. something that happens automatic. Um, I don't have to do it. And then guys, here's, here's the real sweet spot. And everything that we do as solopreneurs is like, a, is like tasks in a sifter. And you know, the more you shake the sifter, tasks fall through it and you never see them again. And it would happen to me if I'm dealing with 150 retailers, some of those are going to fall through the cracks. Some of those I'm going to forget to follow up with. Some of those I'm going to forget that I ever even reached out to them. And with Nutshell, none of it falls through the cracks because you can see the progression through your, your stages and you can see the people that are getting left behind, which to me is, is super valuable. And so, if you're about to embark on a series of approaching retailers, you have to get Nutshell. You really just have to get it because from your very first contact to your next 10 contacts, you just put them all in there and then they're in. They're never going, you're never going to forget them. And uh, um, I, I think that that's the wonder of it all. Tim, are you looking for a job? Because you sell Nutshell really well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think, well, one thing real quick that you're going to love. So the personal email sequences, which you're talking about is one of my favorite features in nutshell, 
it allows you to send out personalized email you know, sequences as you describe and make them personal. Every single one of those emails in there, if you're using orange placeholders, it won't send out. If you don't personalize it, but there's all sorts of ways to protect against the dangers of automation, right? Because in selling, automation can be your enemy from time to time. So you send something to Bob when it was Stan that you're emailing, yeah. <laughs> exactly, or like, you know, asked, you know, ask Stan about his kids and, you know, he's single and lives in Florida and, you know, doesn't have any kids. And, and so, you know, there's all those advantages. But what you're going to be excited about is in the next, like, month, maybe? Max, I don't know. I feel like we're going to get new information, people. I feel like, I feel <laughs> like Mike is letting go some key information that's coming. Yeah, nobody else knows this, but I'll, I'll, I'll let your listeners in. We're going to take those personal email sequences, and I don't know exactly how it's going to work yet because we're just kind of, they're actually building it, and sometimes things change from start to finish, but connect personal email sequences to your pipeline stages so that you can actually trigger those sequences automatically when a lead drops into a pipeline, like into a part of your different stage in your pipeline. So, so today you have to launch them yourself, which is not hard, by the way. I mean, when I do follow-ups, sometimes I go out and I'll do a talk at... Um, one of our customers is Mirage Screen Doors. And they're the wholesale dealer, right? They're the OEM. They sell the doors. And then they had a sales conference. And they had me come and talk to all of, their, all of their dealers, which are just, you know, sort of door and screen door and screen window people all across, you know, the United States and Canada about CRM. And when I came back, it's a trade show experience, right? I put all those people in a nutshell, just loaded up the spreadsheet. And then there was about 100 people, you know, it was a small conference and I was glad to go and, and talk to them. But there was about 100 people there, and I sent them all a personal sequence. I personalized every single one of those sequences, and it only took me an hour and a half. Essentially, what you end up loading together is there are four emails in the sequence. That's 100 people. That's 400 emails scheduled, ready to go, and personalized in less than two hours. Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I wanna work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I wanna share those experiences with you I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I want to help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Yeah. Like I said, it's a huge time savings and you don't really understand uh, all the different things that you can do. You know, I have my own personal uh, nutshell account um, that I put my leads into. Sure. Um, and and I, every time I go in there, I'm like, what? 
what is going on with that guy? I haven't heard back from that guy. You know, what's going on with that guy? Um, it's been a couple months and I haven't heard. And it just causes me to fire off a, an email. And recently, I put some email sequences together to let people know, hey, if they're not ready to do business with me, there's all kinds of cool things that they can do. Like they can join my Facebook group. They can subscribe to the podcast. There's things that they can do that don't cost them any money, right. but that they can still be getting knowledge. And that email gets fired off when I, you know, basically when uh, I push a lead into pending or, you know, they're not ready right now, then I fire off that. Uh, you use MailChimp or Constant Contact for that, Tim? I don't you, use either of those. for. Oh, that. You're, you're sending off them just a templated email from Nutshell yourself? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. I don't like to use Constant Contact for, um, for personalized emails only because it looks like a constant contact email. Like when I, when I yeah, launch a new podcast. always be at the bottom and you can't, you can't escape it. You can, you can kind of fake a personalized email from an email marketing tool, but not yet yeah, to your point, not really. And, and we don't use it like that either. The marketing team uses constant contact or MailChimp. Um, sometimes your solopreneurs or, you know, your entrepreneurs who really want to truly automate email can leverage nutshell in that way. But I like that you don't do that. It doesn't take that long to find the template and hit send. You know, it's not. Right. And to your nice. point, when, uh, to your point, it sounds like if I push somebody into pending, it can fire off, it'll trigger that email automatically. Uh, eventually, yes. I believe that's yeah. exactly the, yeah, the direction we're going. So, you won't, so you'll get the capability of an email marketing platform uh, from a personal email perspective inside a nutshell, much more like um, maybe a reply.io or like outreach.io, which are, by the way, for your audience, like, you know, sort of very large sales engagement tools for you know, teams of a hundred or more, you know, or whatever else that focus only on scaling personal one-to-one email. And we're, we're dragging all of that capability uh, into nutshell. But we can talk about that in a minute, which is kind of like the next evolution. We're still okay. busy perfecting CRM and we will always be busy perfecting CRM um, for our customers and potential customers because the bottom of your funnel is where the most value is 110% of the time. Uh, if you want to make money, focus on your sales process. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can you hear? My dog is snoring so loud right now. I cannot just, hear your dog now. That's. I'm so glad to hear it because, uh, <laughs> uh, like I said, they're just quiet as little mice. And then when I start recording, he got up and he came and he's like laying right under my desk and he's just snoring like a freight train, um, it, which is typical. You know, uh, we're not going to make noise until you're actually recording or doing something. A hundred, a hundred percent of the time. But no, no, no. I can't. I can't hear him, which is good, by the way, because it would make me want to take a nap. Right. <laughs> Exactly. A little power nap is never, never a bad thing. All right. So, so let us, uh, tell us a little bit about the future of Nutshell. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the sessions and everybody, I'll send you this link if you want to share it with your audience um, so they can get the benefit of it without even having to register or anything like that. Uh, again, last Friday, we had our virtual conference boundless. Um, it's a, you know, this year's theme was um, above and beyond. So it's actually talking about ways to optimize your entire funnel from sales to marketing uh, to customer success and support, actually. Uh, so there's a little bit of everything in there. I'll send you the link and everybody can get the playlist on YouTube and, you know, take which sessions they want to see or whatever else. But the reason I say that is because Andy and I, our, co our founder um, and CTO, had a conversation about like, what's the next evolution in a nutshell? And so you can kind of see us talk about it, but it's super exciting. Um, at Nutshell, we don't have a sales team and we don't have a marketing team, right? We have one team and it's called, we call it a growth team. I'm the head of growth. I run both sales and marketing, which means I'm as equally responsible for building sales process scripts, templates, you know, working with the day-to-day frontline sales team that we have to close deals as much as I'm responsible for working with our marketing team to fill the top of the funnel. Our, you know, Nutshell is almost 100% inbound marketing. So we're getting all of our leads coming 
to us that way through content and other things. So, so we only have one team. We run into problems as our own team making the sales operation and the marketing operation work better together. And it's a problem that exists, you know, across, uh, across the enterprise marketplace, across the mid-market marketplace. I mean, everywhere, if you go on LinkedIn for 15 minutes, you're going to find someone talking about marketing and sales alignment without a doubt. Our contention is that it's not a people problem, which is like how it's been described in the past, right? Is that, oh, well, your sales leader and your marketing leader aren't talking to each other. Or your sales team and your marketing team aren't talking to each other. Or they don't want to collaborate or whatever else. Like, yes, those are particular problems. But in a nutshell, we took it a step further and we created a growth team because we actually think that measuring the same team by the same metrics and, and leveraging the team as one team with one leader is a better way to get results. And we've gotten mm -hmm. good results that way. Um, so then if that's the case, then what the real problem is, it's a tool problem. It's a, it's a technology issue. Uh, the reason why sales and marketing teams aren't working together is because marketing teams are working in um, their email marketing platform. They may be in Google Analytics. They may be all over the place in AdWords or whatever else. And your sales team is in the CRM. And nary the two shall meet. So what we're talking about is solving or killing that tension between sales and marketing teams with technology. Uh, so the next evolution of Nutshell is figuring out, okay, how do we tackle that with Nutshell? How do we bring more tools, whether it's two teams that need to come together to work better or a solopreneur that needs to have both these capabilities in one place? Because as your audience knows, um, whether you're trying to send off a mass email to a thousand people, you know, which you can do in Nutshell, but that's not the best way to do that, right? To send like a, a personal email to a thousand people or your sales team trying to figure out what your marketing team is doing um, it all has to be in one place and all the information that marketing would need to know to have better conversations, more personal conversations, um, you know, on mass with their audience is in the CRM. And then everything that the salesperson needs to know, like what was the last thing sent to that prospect I'm talking to? So I can either a fix it because sometimes it creates problems or B take advantage of it, or maybe even C let my marketing team know that this prospect has this particular interest. Can you please send them this sequence of emails? or this asset or this ebook or whatever else. So all of those things kind of like rolled up together in one single platform is what we're trying to figure out. And we know that email is the first stop on that sort of, you know, mystery tour of, of creating a new technology that's going to be able to be leveraged. So that's what's next for Nutshell is focusing on killing or eliminating that tension between sales and marketing and bringing it together using technology, not lip service. Yeah, well, like, you know, I always say there's only two ways, right, to increase your sales. You can either bring more people or sell more to the people that you already have. And yes. I, I always come, I used to be a, a director of source for a company called Auric Vacuums. And uh, you know, the eight pound upright, we were in, we were in. The I remember Auric. What's that? I remember that, those vacuums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the guy I took over for was a marketing guy. So he, his idea was to push as many people to the stores as he could. And he would do that through increased advertising. And my philosophy was always, well, if we're not closing those people, if we're not selling those people, then that's just wasted money. And yes. a current customer is 10 times more likely to buy than a brand new customer. So what we really need to, when I took over for him, my philosophy was we need to, we need to fix our pitch. We need to fix uh, um, how we sell to people and sell more to the people already crossing. And then when we feel like our conversion rate is at a certain amount, then we can, you know, throw gas on that and, and get more people in there. Um, but as far as CRM goes, I think the most interesting thing for marketing to know is why we're closing the people that we're closing. So um, you find, you take all the people that you've closed in the last month and go back and find out what were the last three conversations that you had and what were the, what were the catalysts to get the close? And then those are the type of people that you target. 
Um, and I think that's what you're kind of talking about is real more um, understanding, you know, what causes the sale so that we can pour gas on that and, and get more of those type of customers. Um, you know, it, it, am I hearing you right on that? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You're hearing me absolutely correctly. I'm sorry. I've got someone vacuuming in the house. So like, I hope that's not ruining our audio. I can't hear it any more than I can hear my dog snoring. So. Okay. Wonderful. So you and I, we're, we're doing well. Um, but yes, you have that exactly correct. I mean, I think information for both of these teams is power. And the problem with that information is it's distributed. And, you know, at its core, what we're trying to do is bring all that into one place. So everybody's working in the same place, collaborating in the same place, um, you know, and, and it's not a distributed system. I mean, but, but at first, the thing that we really want to do, because I mean, you got to tackle, this is a big problem to solve, right? Like, if it, was, if it was easy to solve, someone would have already done it. Salesforce would have done it. They haven't. I mean, sure, you can get Salesforce and Pardot and whatever else, but that's still two different softwares that you have to integrate together. And sometimes they don't even work the right way. What we're talking about is something kind of unique in the sense that like, you don't have to go anywhere. The marketing team and the sales team are going to be logging into Nutshell, period. Like this is the same, you know, the same instance, the same dashboards, you know, they can change their dashboards, obviously, to, to pull out what information is important to them, but they can drill down on any piece of information that they want. And so while, while we don't know what exactly that looks like, I think what we're focused on first is equipping the sales team with more, you know, more marketing-like tools, your, your, your solopreneurs, your entrepreneurs, your small business teams with more tools in one place because that's what they're asking for. I mean, if there's one thing that all of our customers have been asking for is those types of features. They're all struggling with the integration side of things. Oh, I've got MailChimp over here. I've got Constant Contact or, you know, I've got my analytics over here. And they just get tired of like logging into three and four and maybe even five different pieces of software. And, we, you know, we agree. We don't think that's necessary, particularly for a smaller team or a small business that needs to move fast, be flexible. Um, it needs to focus more on the doing of things and less on the wiring of things together, um, which usually costs, you know, money and, and needs a developer and all the sorts of things that are not usually available, um, you know, to a regular to a regular business. It's not a software business. But I can even tell you in, in that vein, right, we, Nutshell, are experiencing the same problem. I've got a, a 15 person engineering team of the most talented developers I've ever met in my entire life sitting not 20 feet from me 35 hours a week when I'm not, you know, working at home. And we still suffer through the same problems because obviously they're maintaining the product and all that kind of stuff. So if we're experiencing the problem, we can only imagine how challenging it is for our customers and they've expressed that to us. And so we're going to go out and, and fix it. Yeah, I think that was the last thing I put on my landing page was, you know, one of the, you know, I think on my landing page, Big Boxers, when you go there, you'll see, you know, some of the things I like most about Nutshell. One of the things is the R&D and the fact that what you get today is not just what you get, it's what you get today. And then tomorrow might be something better. And tomorrow might be some, the next day might be something better. And if you're having an issue and you call up customer service and you say, hey, wouldn't it be great if they actually log those things down and and send it over to guys like Mike and say, Hey, customer thought. Um, and then if enough people want that, then they, you know, they put that in the, uh, in the queue to, to get done. And I've seen in my many years of using nutshell, um, I probably have been using nutshell maybe seven years now. I love, and, I love uh, it. When you and I first talked, I couldn't believe that. I was like, man, right. here's Tim. He knows more about the evolution of nutshell than <laughs> I do. And when you sort of described to me, how much you've enjoyed seeing it change and how responsive the team you know, has been. It's obviously something I believe being inside the company, but it's so great to hear from, you know, from outside because even I don't get to see all those decisions. Our success and support teams, yeah, catalogs requests, you know, weights them based on, you know, basically how we make those decisions, right, is like, what thing can we do next that has the largest impact for the, for the very widest amount sure, of customers of possible? 
um, to, to help you all do your jobs better. And you've gotten a chance to, to, to see that. And for that feedback to come back to us, I mean, I shared that with the team, by the way, and everyone was, was over the moon. Yeah, I think that, um, uh, I think that's a number, you know, like I said, I logged it down as like my top four things is because, uh, you know, what you're paying for today is not what you're going to be paying for tomorrow. But guess what? Your price doesn't go up just because they make it cooler, better, faster, easier. It doesn't change what you're going to pay for it, or at least they don't charge you more to get those certain features. Speaking of how much you guys are going to pay for Nutshell, here, here's a really great thing that's going to be coming your way from, from the podcast. Um, we'll be putting up a link. Uh, it's my, my Nutshell landing page link that you need to go through. That'll be up on the, on the show notes. So it's actually kind of a long link right now. So I can't, uh, even if I try to tell it to you, I'd get it wrong. But um, if you go through the link and you use the code TLB, you're going to get 15% off, right? Is that, that yeah, way? Yeah, 15% off for your first year of Nutshell, which essentially means if you start off with one user, you get first 15% off that first year, whether you pay month to month or for the entire year. If you want to get a double discount, buy an annual, you know, an annual license, essentially. There's no contracts at Nutshell, and I'm definitely digging at Salesforce there. Uh, <laughs> anybody wants an interesting read, go to our blog and read Nutshell, our Salesforce contracts explained. You can just Google it. It ranks number one for it. The horror stories we've heard from Salesforce people on like getting out of those contracts was incredible. Right. It's nothing short of extortion. Anyway, that's a tangent I shouldn't, I shouldn't be on. But yes, you get 15% off the first year. If you bought an annual plan, you automatically get 10% off of Nutshell by buying annual, which would double that essential discount to like 25%. I did the math. And if you go to Starbucks at least three times a week, you'll spend more money on coffee than you will on Nutshell by week two. Uh, easy. Even week yeah, one. You guys are going to be, uh, it's ridiculous how affordable it is. And you, and you certainly want, let me just give you a little advice. If you're trying to say, should I get the pro account or not the pro account or the pro account or not the pro account, get the pro account. Okay. Because there are certain things that the pro account allows you to do that you're going to need to do if you're going to be using Nutshell the way I do. So if you're getting ready to launch a campaign with retailers and you want to keep track of it the way that I do, then you're going to want to get the pro account. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, how many hundred dollars is the pro account? Guys, it's $39.99, okay? And then you get your 15% on top of that. So it's an easy choice. And then not even 99, 39 bucks per user per month. Oh, 39, yeah, I, sorry. I just added 99 cents. Oh no, yeah, 39. no 99. It's all flat fees at Nutshell. 39 bucks per user per month. And with that, you get unlimited support, unlimited data, unlimited click-to-call, by the way, unlimited click-to-call recording, uh, and all the sales automation and reporting features that you, you, know, that you really ever need. As much power as any enterprise company is using today for like a, a very reasonable price. I feel like you've said that a couple of times. What's that? I feel like that little pitch you gave, you've given that a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, the power one? Yeah, because it just flowed right out. Right out. Yeah, I can't. So, well, that's our tagline, right? It used to be, um, we had it on the homepage. And uh, I'm not necessarily, I'm a writer, but I'm not our best copywriter. Ben is by far our, you know, our, our chief copywriter. And I love the way he writes copy. But calling Nutshell sneaky powerful is like how we wrap all that up into one thing, right? It's like you, at face value, when you look at it, it becomes so simple to use and easy to kind of look at. It obscures the fact of like what's underneath the hood. And there's a, there's a lot of power behind there. Big sales teams use Nutshell to do all sorts of things all the time. Um, and I love that when they stay with us because I don't think there's any reason to make it any more complicated than, than we've done so. You know, any more flexibility or, or sort of like every CRM, maybe this is a tangent, but I think this is fun to talk about. No matter what CRM you buy, you're buying a framework or an assumption of how sales work from that company. So every CRM that is built is making some sort of assumption about how the sales process works in general. Uh, Salesforce's assumption, by the way, or even Insightly's uh, assumption is that there are leads and then there are deals or opportunities 
uh, and then there are projects or closed deals after that, uh, which is goofy. I mean, when does a lead become a deal or an opportunity? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out when I was using that show. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, when I was using Salesforce, sorry. That's right. And it's different for everybody. An opportunity for you, Tim, you might be like, oh, well, it's an opportunity if they respond back to me. That's an opportunity because you're an enterprising and, you know, and sort of, uh, you know, tenacious salesperson, any response whatsoever, any hand raise is an opportunity. To somebody else, it's like, well, no, it's only an opportunity if they've asked me about price. Well, okay, but those are two salespeople in the same organization. So like, who decides when something becomes, goes from lead to opportunity? Our thing, as you know, is that there's people, there's companies, and there's leads, that's it. The importance of a lead or is all defined by its value and where it sits in your pipeline. If it's in prospecting, it's not as important as someone in the closing stage. And I've never, I've never understood like why companies delineate, you know, between deals and opportunities and leads and like all the monikers or nomenclature. Maybe it's to di- differentiate themselves in the marketplace. I, I don't know, but well, I think go that um, stick with simplicity. I, I think with it, how some people do it that run large sales teams is they have a lead generation system, right? That, that, oh, you clicked on this, now you're a lead. Oh, you clicked on that. Oh, you put your name or your email. And then they dump those leads all into the system. Now, right now, they're just, and their idea of a lead is basically still cold. It's just somebody who did something that caused us to get their contact information. And so to turn that no face, no name person into somebody who might be interested becomes an opportunity. And I think that works if you have this lead generation system, which is really just dumping cold leads into a system and then they get assigned to somebody and that person is now required to, or their job is to turn that lead into an opportunity. And that opportunity is now what Nutshell really calls now a lead. So I don't put people into my system that aren't leads. You know, I don't just, we don't just dump people in there. Um, And I guess you could, I mean, you could just have a huge list of retailers and buyers and just dump it all in there. And then as people start to respond, but to me, that's not how I do it. So once we put a lead in, that lead is an opportunity. But that's how I viewed it when I saw that whole situation. But to your point, everybody is different in what they think when a person crosses that threshold. And, and big companies use that whole opportunity thing to create forecasts for right. sales and that they give to their board or they give to their private equity company and say, well, we have, you know, you know, you know, this many people in our opportunity part of the pipeline, which, you know, we convert generally X amount of those. So this is what it's going to look like. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, but they don't understand that half of that is, you know, bogus because people are trying to pump their numbers. You know, right. oh, this, I talked to them or I left them a message. Now they're an opportunity. And this is why I make the argument from a sales and marketing alignment perspective is that why I love leading a growth team at Nutshell, right? Because I'm responsible for one number, one number. It's new monthly recurring revenue. It's all I'm responsible for. All the other numbers that I report out don't mean a damn thing unless at the end of the day, quarter, month, whatever, I can report out a good new MRR number. And that's like, you know, that's the conversation I have to have with my boss, you know, our, our CEO, you know, our board when we do that. And I think, I think you bring up a really good point. And, and while, the, you know, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because your audience doesn't have to deal with this crap on a, <laughs> on a regular basis. Maybe some of them do. But yeah, is that when you're talking about building pipeline, to me, a pipeline is, I mean, it's the whole thing. It's not a linear journey anymore. It's, Someone might come in as a prospect, right? You've never had one conversation with them, but they know your company or they know your product or whatever else. And then they might all of a sudden tomorrow be ready to buy because you just don't know what's happening in their life that generates the need 
that pushes them from being a lead to an opportunity to like a closing deal within hours. It could be minutes. Or the opposite way. You might have worked someone all the way down your pipeline and they're sitting in the closing section and I'm going to use an extreme example, but then their dad dies. I don't know. Something tragic happens and they float away. And once they floated away, maybe it's a business reason or not, not to be like so extreme with it, but they float away for whatever reason and then they float back to the top of your funnel. And they need to be re-nurtured by the marketing team, reintroduced to your product, all those types of things. And you got to start the whole process all over again. You just don't know when all that happens. And so if you're working in, in a world in which the process is non-linear, I've never understood why we report out metrics and all that kind of stuff based on, on like the idea that everyone's going to go through the exact same step-by-step-by-step step step process. It's good to have the sales process, don't get me wrong. So you know like where you can engage interest and all those types of things, but you've got to be ready to to pick things up and to set things aside kind of at will. And then a tool like Nutshell allows you to make sure you stay in touch with the people that you have to put aside. I mean, I used to, when I was in the agency side of things and I never used a CRM, we always used a spreadsheet or like Airtable or something like that. Right. You're not getting a ton of leads, right? I mean, we were a, you know, a seven figure agency, but like, you know, we've got 40 clients. And so I might get four or five leads a month. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, that's pipelined us, right? Each one of those deals is at minimum a quarter million dollars a year. And like, it's, it takes months, sometimes six months, almost a year to close those deals. So, I, but what always unnerved me because I, at the time I just didn't use a CRM and we didn't, it was stupid. We just didn't make the good decision to be like, nope, we're going to create a process and, and do this is when someone would come back to me and say, you know what, talk to me next quarter. I'd be like, ah, oh, next quarter. Okay. I'll take a little sticky note and like put it on the corner of my computer right. and like and whatever else. And you know, now that I use nutshell, I don't know why I would ever do that with, with the keep in touch feature, just click a button and like, next quarter on this day at this time and to be like, hey, Mike, you should reach out to so-and-so. I look at their record, remember our conversation and without even having to think about it. Um, and that's, you know, that's the subtle difference. How Nutshell helps you pick up that non-linear experience in the real world and turn it into something repeatable and understandable um, inside of a piece of software. Yeah, and I think when you were saying, you know, whether it's relevant to the listeners or not, I think that it is. I think with any pipeline, you have to be honest with yourself as you move people through the pipeline, you know, Nutshell allows you to move somebody to a different stage of the pipeline, um, even if you haven't checked all the the boxes. And I know big boxes, you you know, if you don't use Nutshell, some of what we're talking about might be foreign. But if you picture a sales stage that has like seven stages in it, and each stage has tasks that you have to accomplish before it allow you to move to the next stage. And why that's important is because when you see people in certain stages, you know that they're there for a reason. And for me. There's a stage that I won't, even though I've accomplished a task, and maybe the task says, you know, send them an initial email uh, and a couple other things. And I can click all those things, but it still doesn't advance me because it won't advance until they respond to my email. And Nutshell knows when uh, they respond. And sometimes if you get an out of office response, it'll still do it. But um, we're working on that. <laughs> so many times I want to advance them because I'm like, I don't have anything else I can do in this stage. But I know that until I get a personal response for them, they're not viable to go to the next stage. And so you just moving them doesn't make them more of a viable uh, uh, prospect. And you really can, as a manufacturer of, of consumer goods, um, start to take a look at what your sales are going to look like based on where people are in your stages. And if you start to track, which Nutshell does for you, how, how long yes. it takes for them to get out of each stage, then you can really start to say, okay, this person is now in this stage based on my trend. I should be closing this person or they should be a dead lead to me, you know, by this time. 
Um, and then there's, and just like Mike was saying, sometimes you get them all the way to the end and something happens. The coronavirus happens. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, everything comes to a screeching halt. And it may be months before you can pick it up. And by the way, if you're picking it up with them, hundreds of other people are picking it up with them too. So you can't just start where you left off. You kind of got to go back and massage. And that's why they keep in touch feature. And if you have a team, you can follow certain people. So it'll notify you of things happening with your team because you have certain interest in certain, like if there's a big account that's happening and you want to just keep track of what's going on, you can follow that, per, that, that account on its way through that. Anyway. We could go on the nuances in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, you and I could talk, you know, I'm sure for hours uh, about improving sales processes and like whether you're using nutshell or not, or like, you know, how to, how to do that. It's one of my favorite topics. I live in that funnel report. You know what I mean? Like every... <laughs> I check that thing every day uh, just to kind of see, you know, looking at different timeframes, different people that are going through it, like different salespeople, how they're doing things a little bit differently and translating that to, you know, to our larger process or whatever else. And it's funny, I've always been a sales and marketing guy, but I'm a nutshell evangelist in the sense that, you know, it's almost like the hair club for men thing, right? Like, yes, I'm the president of the, I'm not the president of the company, but like, yes, I'm the president, but I'm also a client. Like I have to right. use nutshell every day, you know, it just, um, well, I think if you can't use your, your process, then, you know, um, and, and truly, you know, when people use it and don't, because based on how, you, you know, you can conversate with them, you know, you know, you know, what, what's going on. And I think uh, big boxers out there, as you're listening, I know some of these things don't make sense. I know some of these things you're wondering about, but really what, all you need to know is if you want to manage it, if, if you're looking to contact people, if you're looking to manage that and make sure that nobody slips through the cracks, if you want to be able to customize your emails and, and send it with first names and, and follow up appropriately. Nutshell is the only system that I have found that will do it the way I think that we need to do it. And uh, um, I continue to learn. I actually canceled my Nutshell account on accident. Um, Tim. Uh, I, my own personal one uh, uh, because I had a client that left and I was meaning to cancel his, his account because he was done they're not selling anymore. And so he didn't even need the data in there. And I canceled my own instead. And I was like, ah, but I still had time left on my, on my monthly. So I just went back and reinstated it and all my stuff was still there. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Just so everybody knows, we won't delete your data for a minute. Uh, it's just, just a, there's no, uh, all those redundancies. That's the other thing about Nutshell, which, which I tell people about all the time. It's like, look, your priorities and things are going to change. We make the exit easy even. And, and the reason I share that is not because like I expect people to, to leave Nutshell, but I think it says something about the type of company we are and the type of service that we provide. And there's nothing more frustrating. So for example, you know, I don't actually, I don't care. I don't beat up Salesforce all day long. If you try to leave your <laughs> Salesforce contract, you better hire a lawyer. And I'm not even kidding. My, my, I won't say who it is, is a, fr a friend of mine, we'll say, my friend, who runs three different businesses, you know, and I went to go work at Nutshell and he's like, I, you know, I hate Salesforce. This is a problem. I'm like, get out of the contract and come over to Nutshell and I'll set it up and, you know, we'll get you rocking and rolling. No problem. This is a year ago. It took him a year to get out of his Salesforce contract. He had to hire an attorney. They tried to extort him for the money that they supposedly he owed them, which is like a three-year-long contract. I mean, it was insane. So, and not, not, there are many, by the way, CRM companies that also behave in this manner, in the nice way, right? Which is like, I don't know, you sign up, you want to go away, you get to go away. Nutshell's always made the exit door easy. You always have access to your data. You can export it all at any particular time. You don't have to ask anybody. You hit two buttons and you get a full data export. You want to export all your people? Great select them all with like clicking one button, hit export and like out comes a spreadsheet of all of it, you know, all of your data. Some of the undersold parts in Nutshell that I talk about a lot, uh, and maybe it's cause like I don't do it as much cause our sales cycle is a little shorter, right? It, 
on average, I know it takes 21.6 days for someone to purchase Nutshell once they're in trial. Um, and so there's not a whole lot of, oddly, there's not a whole lot of long-term relationship stuff that we have to manage anymore, even though we've built a system that is very good at managing long-term relationships. But our support team leverages Nutshell to manage these relationships over years of time. You know, if I go to your record, Tim, I will see every single conversation you've had with our support team since you started seven years ago, without any doubt. And even when you change email addresses, we put the same, you know, your new email address on there or whatever else and merge everything together. And I have a total history of Tim's conversation uh, with anybody at Nutshell. With, by the way, a whole half a team people that don't even work there anymore because he's been with us for so long. <laughs> the contact management solution part of Nutshell is, is almost the most beautiful part about it. If you're not even using a pipeline, if you just want to go in and be like, man, who have I talked to in the last seven days? Easy. You just select who I've talked to in the last seven days, set your filter, and then up pops a list of people. I want to flip over to a map and see where they are in the United States because you're on a going to a trip. You can do that. I mean, it's just a, the way that Nutshell allows you to find and visualize things just makes it an extension of your regular workflow. It's a logical way to do things. And I think that's what's missing from a lot of pieces of software. Yeah. I use the, I use the opposite of that. Who haven't I spoken to in the last 30 days? Sure. And then it pops up, you know, all the people that I haven't talked to in the last 30, 60, 90 days, which then creates a task list for me on that particular account of, of people that I need to, or one of my sales team guys needs to uh, get in touch with. So there's a feature uh, request that I have that I don't mind sharing because we're always improving is that once you make that list, it's my personal feature request. I'd like to be able to en masse create a task for each of those people on that list. And it drops, you know, like, oh, I want to contact all these people. And then it might waterfall those tasks. You can only see my engineering team rolling their eyes whenever I'm like, hey guys, I've got an idea. That's their yeah. least favorite part of the day, but <laughs> that's one of my things I'd love to get in a nutshell. Yeah, I would love, if we're going to talk about things that we would love, I sure. would love for me to be able to link Nutshell accounts. So because I manage, yeah. right now I manage eight Nutshell accounts. And so what I can't do is I have to use a separate task. I can't use the task feature inside Nutshell because that would cause me every day to go into every Nutshell account and see what tasks are are coming up. So I use a, a, a single um you know, I, I use my own, actually I use something called monday.com, which I absolutely Oh, love. such a cool product, by the way. I love that yeah. you talk about monday.com. I don't like that they advertise themselves on Captera as a CRM. It's not a CRM. Um, well, they have a whole part in there where you could create leads and stuff like that, but you have to customize oh, that? that. Yeah, but I use it for, um, you know, kind, kind of like what people might use Airtable for, I use it for, yeah. but it's way more customizable yeah. to exactly what you want. I really, I really like it. Um, I'm also a monday.com like marketing fanboy a little bit. Like I love, I, I've always been a fan of their marketing, in particular their video marketing. Um, and yeah, I just like seeing companies do cool things both on the marketing side and on the product side. And, and we don't use it because I won't, I've never been a leader that will like change the project management system for my team. If they like what they're using, like I'll figure out what they're you know using. So when I came to Nutshell, they use Trello for project management. I'm not a fan of Trello, uh, but they like it. So fine. I don't have to do all the stuff that they have to do. So I'm I thought you guys use Basecamp. Well, I used Basecamp at Kaleidico, which was the agency I worked at previously. Oh, I, use team, base, I use Basecamp, Monday.com and, and uh, Nutshell. Those are my three... Oh, interesting. Surprising that you don't move all of your, and I mean, this is probably way in the weeds for your audience, but I'm surprised, I'm surprised that you don't move all your Basecamp stuff into Monday. Uh, I like, I like the client feature of Basecamp better. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's, I, that's not a part of, of Monday, right? Like a collaboration feature where you can publish this to the client and keep this internal. And then the client conversation kind of rolls up inside of Basecamp. I always love that feature as well. Yeah. Well, in Monday.com, you, you can create a board that's private. 
and that nobody else can see, like my, even my sales team can't see it. Like if I want to put my own personal tasks or whatever into, into uh, yeah, Monday.com, sure, like, I get can the groceries, pick up coffee, that type of thing. I can do that. <laughs> but uh, I like, um, uh, the other thing too, that I like about Basecamp is when I have a client, everything goes into Basecamp. So we store all our files in there, uh, any pricing sheets, all our, ba- our, all our pitch decks, everything goes in there. And so when our contract ends, we can just export all that. Also, it keeps me out of email. Yes. Once I start with a with a, a a client, no more email. I get like 200 emails a day, which for some people might be a lot, for some people might be a little, but it's still, it's a lot to manage. And so once I start with a client, we only converse in Basecamp. And then for me on my iPad and on my iPhone, um, it gives me all my notifications. So it, it, to your point the other day, um, the other day, we've been talking so long, it's now into multiple days. <laughs> now tomorrow, um, yeah. But all my clients also want to communicate on it. You know, some want to communicate on Skype Messenger. Some want to communicate on WhatsApp. Some people want to communicate on text or on Facebook Messenger. And so um, once we actually have a a relationship, we're only communicating through Basecamp. That's going to be our message app. That's going to be our uh, um, everything. So instead of sending me an email that has an attachment, you can just place that attachment in files and write me a note. And then we can collab right on, on that attachment, you know, um, which is now we're doing a Basecamp, uh, um, you know, tutorial. But anyway, that's why I like that more than Monday.com. I just use Monday um, for myself. Uh, oh, I think that's cool, man. I, yeah, it's a it's a product I've wanted to dig into, and I haven't at the time. But I've always been a Basecamp fan, a fan of the company, a fan of Jason Fried, and his like his business philosophy. I mean, for your audience, there's a piece of valuable information, right? Like if you're running a business and you're you know curious about how other people have grown and and scaled their businesses. And, and what I love about Basecamp, it's not a huge company. Not, I mean, I think it's only 20 people. They hired their first marketing director like this year, right. crazy, by the way. Um, and uh, But Jason Fried is a, is a wonderful entrepreneur and he's very strong opinions on many things. So you may or may not like him, but check him out. If you're, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, or you're a business owner, like he's a great person to listen to about how he's created a culture and essentially like a, a beautiful lifestyle business for him and, and for his employees without all the pressure and all that kind of stuff. And I, I know that out the world out there is always scale, 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 scale. And like, that's good. That's all well and good. I think that's awesome to be ambitious and all those types of things, but I don't know, not everybody gets to be a unicorn. So at some point you got to call a reasonable goal and be like, okay, where do we really want to be? And how do I get there? And how does it affect my, my life? But you and I could talk about that from a, that's a whole other conversation, right? Which is like, <laughs> how to balance out your life so that you're enjoying everything you do as opposed to feeling like the constant pressure. I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to master that, but uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess uh, two wrap thing, two wrap things up, but uh, you know, um, I, I think uh, if you've gotten anything out of this podcast, you know that I'm a huge fan of Nutshell. I use it every single day. I 100% recommend it. You can use my link in the show notes and and the code name uh, or the code TLB to get yourself 15% off for the first year. I highly recommend that you do that. You will not be disappointed. And if you have any trouble setting it up or you want to know how to set it up, you can always reach out to me and... Uh, I'll show you how I set it up for my clients and, and you can just emulate that and then you can tweak it from there. Any last thoughts? Um, no, I mean, I'm, thank you uh, for, for having me on the podcast. I, I love talking to you about this stuff. I, I apologize to the audience if I, I took us too, down too many rabbit holes. The only thing I would say to everybody is that if you're ever interested in learning more about Nutshell, obviously come to nutshell.com. Tim's going to put the link in the, in the show notes. But the other thing I wanted to offer to everybody, if you have questions about sales or marketing or you just want to, you know, I don't know, just want to shoot the shit, forgive my language. Uh, come find me on LinkedIn. Uh, ask me a question. I will answer everybody's questions about anything that you, you know, if it's something I said that you want to know about, 
I love talking about this stuff uh, and I'm always willing to have those conversations. So um, well, Tim's, your all, first, Tim's your first resource, consider <laughs> me a second. And all Mike's information will be in the show notes as well. So his, you know, not his personal home address, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, his, his LinkedIn and, and his email and uh, where you can get a hold of him will also be there as always, everybody that we talk to, um, we, we make them accessible to the point that they want to be. Listen, Mike, uh, thanks so much. Like you said, I think that we could talk uh, for forever about this kind of stuff and I really enjoy it. I know you have things to do and, and so do I. Um, thanks so much for coming on and sharing all your information. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been absolutely my pleasure, Tim. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. Take it easy. Okay, big boxers. We are out. And Mike has left the building. I told you, right? Lots and lots of tangents. But you can tell Mike and I speak the same language. We like the same things. The things, same things get us excited, which is kind of weird, right? Not uh, everybody's into CRMs and software and sales. And I mean, there's so much cool stuff to talk about. I'm sure that we will have more conversations to come. But I hope you got a really good sense of the power of Nutshell and what it can do for you and what it can do from the very beginning when you start prospecting to retailers. From the very first retailer that you decide to call, you need to put them in there. From retailers to specialty, doesn't matter. If they're a lead, if they're somebody you're trying to sell your product to, put them into Nutshell so that you can make sure that you don't lose track, that you don't lose track of them. Like I said, the feature that I love, one of the features I love the most is the feature that says, hey, who have I not spoken to? Who have I not contacted? And I can run that report and easily see these are the people that uh, I need to talk to right now. So it, like I said, can't say enough about Nutshell. I hope you guys uh, will go right away and, and check it out. Obviously, we talked about a little bit of a special offer in there already, but let me just recap. Uh, the link to my landing page for Nutshell is going to be in the show notes. You're definitely going to want to use that link. Please use the link that's in the show notes. And when you go there, when you use that link, it's going to allow you to use the code TLB to get 15% off your entire first year. Your entire first year, people. It's only if it's if you just sign up with a single user for the pro account, it's only 39 bucks for the uh per month. That's it. $39. And you're gonna get 15% off of that for being a big box, for being a big boxer and uh, a listener of this podcast. So we appreciate you. I want you to go and get to know Nutshell. I'm dying to hear what great things it's gonna do for your business. All right. So if you haven't heard, and this is going to actually be an advertisement. I know how you guys love when I throw advertisements right in the middle of a podcast session. But if you haven't heard, TLB Consulting just launched its very first mini course. Its very first mini course, people. It's on pre-sale right now. And uh, you can find it at tlbconsulting.com under the tab courses. It's all about how to price your product for retail. Everything that you need to know about pricing your product for big box, club store, specialty, distributor, e-commerce. There's going to be uh, worksheets built into the course that you're going to be able to use right on the site. It's going to be amazing. And it's just the very first of a series of different courses that will be coming out from TLB. I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on it. Depending on when this podcast comes out, the course actually launches on 4-3. Okay, so April 3rd. If you buy it at pre-sale, you're going to get it for 25% off. That's right, 25% off. And there are a couple other bonuses too. You get lifetime access to the worksheets 
Uh, that's not something that uh, is going to be uh, in the normal course. And you also get, I, I think it's uh, three months free access to our uh, private community on the website where we're going to constantly be sharing awesome tidbits about getting your products into retail, even more than you can get in the private Facebook group, which you have to join. Man, I keep telling people, go in there, see some of the Facebook lives that are going on uh, in the private uh, Facebook group on the shelf now. You're going to be blown away. So much going on this year, people. It's going to be a great year. And the way to build your business is through knowledge. So don't miss this very first mini course on uh, pricing your products for retail. TLBConsulting.com. Click on courses. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Look forward to uh, talking to you next time. Until then, look forward to seeing your products on the shelf. 